Buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and fragment your passages. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast about Kingdom Hearts birth by sleep for the last time. I'm Sam. I'm Drew. I'm I'm going to continue being... This is the last time... Anyway, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the secret ending stuff for Birth by Sleep. There wasn't a ton of it. Maybe this could have been the same episode as last week's episode. Maybe. There's not a ton, but I feel that it's pretty dense. I, I hope so. My notes are pretty short, but we'll see how long my thoughts are. Yeah. Just in case I do have the fan and wiki open. <laughs> Oh, good. I mean, I can just talk about bullshit for a while too. I'm always op- I'm always down to just uh, theorize and you know. Sure, I and- did. I did also brainstorm another another show that uh, Sora could go to from the Disney Channel. Perfect. American so- Dragon, Jake Long. <laughs> what about Jackie Chan Adventures? Is that Disney? That's probably not Disney. It's not. But I I saw American Dragon, Jake Long when I was looking up Disney Channel shows, and I was like, that's good. I wish Jackie Chan Adventures was Disney because that would be great. That would be. I would love that. That show was the shit. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, it's all about collecting MacGuffins. It's extremely Kingdom Hearts. And that's our back door into doing the Rush Hour world um, <laughs> with Sora. I haven't seen Rush Hour. It's it's Jackie Chan and who else? Uh, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Yeah. There's kind of probably almost no way it has aged well. But I remember it being very fun. God, there's, I feel like as much as I don't want it to happen, you know, there, there's so much, there's so much potential in Kingdom Hearts for Sora to like go to an action movie universe, you know? Oh, yeah. As much as I haven't gotten into it, granted, I haven't tried. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like Fast and the Furious has to be a great thing for Sora to slot into. I think so. I've only seen a couple of those movies, but family, you know, all these things, I think. It's a thing that says one word a million times. So it's great for Kingdom Hearts. And what if there was a version of Sora that was buff in like a, in like a, you know, a white undershirt and like a chain driving a car around really fast. You think that in the same way that Donald's magic turns them into like sea creatures (laughs) and makes them frightful for Halloween Town. You think that Donald's magic would make them fit in by making Sora jacked? Yeah, he'd become a jacked middle-aged man that drives a car really fast. (laughs) And his keyblade is his car. And uh, yeah, I think it all works. But it has to happen after he goes to Cars World. So he can summon Lightning McQueen into Fast and the Furious World. And then we see Lightning McQueen get shot with like a machine gun a million times. Lightning McQueen gets ripped in half with a gigantic electromagnet. <laughs> right. Um, and that would make Sora very sad. They're great films, people tell me. I've only seen Fast 9 and a little bit of Fast 8. Yeah, I've seen, like, I saw the first three and then I think, like, the fifth one. Mm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. They're fun. I'm sure I would like them. I love a dumb action movie. Yeah, I, you know, it maybe maybe someday. I know <laughs> my brother has been telling me to watch them forever. Maybe wait till they're never going to make them anymore, um, <laughs> and then get into it. Which is that, almost that which does is, sound way more appealing. Yeah, which I guess would only be like when Vin Diesel dies, because like I feel like if like the studio decides to stop making them, he'll just like fund them himself somehow. Well, I if I'm not mistaken, I think he's been trying to end it for a while. Oh, really? 
I think I think that he was like fighting to make ten the last one, and they were like, "No, we're gonna uh, do an 11th. Oh, does he just want to keep making Chronicle of Riddick movies? That would make that would make sense. Oh, maybe I might be getting this wrong. He might be the one who fought to keep them going. You know what? I don't know anything about this. I mean, neither really. <laughs> That's fine. Um. Yeah, I should I should explain what exactly we're watching this week because it's a little it's a little weird mm-hmm. because we're starting with what is called blank points, which is the secret ending from Birth by Sleep. You gotta like get the sticker album or whatever the hell. Um, <laughs> and then in Birth by Sleep Final Mix, if you unlock blank points, you also unlock. The secret episode, a playable epilogue called A Fragmentary Passage, which, once again, is also the name of a different Kingdom Hearts game, which is very confusing. But, yeah, the, the, did you get a sense watching it that the, the Fragmentary Passage stuff, I mean, I don't even know if you could tell without already knowing where it starts. Where Fragmentary Passage starts? It's, well, yeah. I mean, it starts where we ended with her in the Mm. darkness. Right. Oh, oh, or oh, okay. No, it must start with reconnect Kingdom Hearts. Is that where it starts? Uh, Basically, yeah. Reconnect Kingdom Hearts is a thing that a lot of like Kingdom Hearts secret episode type things end with. So So, yeah, that reconnect Kingdom Hearts was the end of blank points. But yeah, that that is because it goes one zero. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes, that's it. Rewind. It's so weird. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it very soon. (laughs) Uh, shall we get into blank points yeah let's do it blank points is also structured kind of weird because every it's formatted like a bunch of short vignettes with titles which is very out of the ordinary for kingdom hearts yeah which kind of makes a sentence um Uh, at at one point yeah it's it's really only the last two the last two yeah yeah it's it's fucking weird i don't know what they were doing here I like all of the stuff that's here. It's just very strange. Uh, yeah, so we begin with Hidden Truths, which is a, a little chat between Terra and Xehanort inside of Terra's heart? Body? Yeah, I think it's in his heart. I think this is kind of... generally? Doesn't it kind of look like this at one point when Riku's talking to Ansem in his heart? Hmm. Yeah, I think I think that might happen in maybe Chain of Memories. I think it does happen in Chain of Memories. Like yeah, that. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Xehanort is very surprised that Terra is able to still exist in his own heart when Xehanort has fully fully taken control of the darkness. Yeah, he says some really cool shit like muscle and sinew that once obeyed you now rebels against you. Oh, How you a can remain. How you can remain here at all confounds the mind. Yeah, that's a good line. It's really good. Uh, they really are just trading lines here, because Terra is like, you're going to get shown the door, old man. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down that Terra's being very cool right now. This is probably the coolest Terra's ever been, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. He, he had to fall to darkness to get really, really cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's most, you're right, it's most of them trading lines. One thing does get said that gave me pause, which is the, someone else has trod in your heart. Ericus, you sly fox. Or whatever it is he says. So, it, it would appear that Ericus has, has done something to Terra's heart to maybe protect him a little bit. 
something like that. We 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 don't know exactly what that means just yet. But I mean, you did say from the beginning. I don't think Ericus is dead. I think he's. I, I don't remember exactly what you thought. What what do you think now? I mean, I I feel like I mean it's honestly mostly because of my context with the series where people talk about. I just feel like people talk about Ericus. And I think if he was only alive for like a little bit of one game, people wouldn't talk about him so much. So I, I have to assume that he either didn't really die or like, you know, he's waiting in somebody's heart to be brought back alive. And maybe that's what's mm-hmm. going on. Maybe Ericus is also inside Terra's heart. I'm not sure. Mm. I Obviously, I'm not going to confirm or deny. I will say, uh, <laughs> just just for the record, we do have a Xehanort prequel game <laughs> to deal with at some point. So right. we will be seeing young Ericus. Oh, okay. I guess, yeah, maybe that's where people talk about Ericus more. Yeah, that doesn't mean that you're wrong, but it also doesn't mean that you're right. Okay. Uh, What else do we have here? Oh, we've got a really good line where Xehanort describes this entire situation as a property dispute. I wrote that down. God, because he's just, he's fucking killing it right now. He's being such an evil little shit. It's so good. It's also interesting knowing that, uh, or, or, I mean, it's, it's unclear I don't remember it being so ambiguous whether Apprentice Xehanort has Xehanort's memories and consciousness. It doesn't become more clear, I- I'll say that much, as we watch more of this this part. Yeah, and we'll see him in a little bit, and he doesn't have the bright yellow eyes, which makes me think, oh, he's totally lost his memories. And there's other stuff that makes me think that he's lost his memories that we'll get to in a bit, but... um. Yeah, I I really am curious, even even now, from my own perspective, having played every game <laughs> except for Coded, um, how how does Xehanort see this? Is he just like riding around in this body, just watching helplessly <laughs> as as Apprentice Xehanort like fumbles for any sort of understanding of who he is, <laughs> and he's just like, no, come on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, to me, it feels like, you know, we're having this conflict between Xehanort and Terra, which means, like, it feels like maybe it's, like, Apprentice Xehanort is mostly doing stuff Xehanort wants him to do, but just isn't fully, like, conscious as Xehanort or something. I think that's probably the case. I think that he he probably has some sense of, like, like, I feel drawn to, like, researching the darkness. I feel drawn to being extremely comically evil but i don't know why <laughs> yeah that would make that's, sense that's that feels like it's probably what's supposed to be going on here yeah and it was like that too when aqua saw Terra Zaynor for the first time because he was sort of talking to himself and didn't really seem to know who he was or where, or where he was mm-hmm. yeah yeah i do have a note on that uh in a moment uh i think oh yeah there are a couple things uh, about the Terra Xehanort conversation that I think are worth talking about. Uh, Terra is very, very cool and confident. This is this is where Xehanort speculates that Ericus has got something going on. Um, it's it's good to hear Terra being cool. <laughs> I feel like we were supposed to think that he was cool the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right, but we d- I, I definitely didn't because he he didn't have this kind of confidence. No, not at all. Uh, but the last thing that Xehanort says is like, don't, don't be too confident 
whatever you might think you've got going on, know that this is just one of many roads that I might take. Very, very like I've prepared for every eventuality type stuff. Totally. And again, I seems like I don't entirely understand what Nording is, but I think this must have to do with Nording. We will, we will see that, uh, Xehanort's got a lot of plans going at all times. I mean, we've already seen a few of them. This, mm-hmm. this could very well refer to the plot of Kingdom Hearts 1 and the plot of Kingdom Hearts 2. True. Right. Uh, that is, that's the last thing I have to say on Hidden Truths. Yeah, same. Okay, next, next is Image of Their Backs Preserved in Memory. Yeah. We've got, uh, we got Apprentice Xehanort, again, we, he's, he's kind of got, like sort of a, a a faded brown eyes, uh, not the bright yellow eyes of Xehanort. You notice that he's also already looking slimmer, so he's not. Yeah, hit- he's he he's not- looks less like Terra, which is cool. Yep, he's not hitting the gym as much. Uh, he's too busy <laughs> researching. It's been days, and he's already a, a skinny little boy. <laughs> uh, I I love when Brag like runs up to him in the hallway and like puts his arm around him and is oh yeah he goes hey Mister Master <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah which is not not the most subtle thing to say <laughs> no yeah it's funny because like but you do watch over the conversation uh, his confidence like wanes because he's like oh you're Xehanort and. I'm helping you out. And goes, oh, wait, no, are you, are you Terra? Yeah, he just straight up asks him. He's like, I got to check. You're not Terra, are you? Yeah. and, and I don't think Xehanort says a word this entire time. Xehanort doesn't say anything. Um, I guess maybe he must say something at some point when the camera pulls away. Maybe. But, but uh, yeah, this is, again, Brag is, he's pretty confident that, uh, that Xehanort is faking amnesia. He, I mean, he straight up says in classic Bragg way, like, oh my god, what a, what a cliche that would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is, it's, it's a cool ambiguity, and I do want to say, I, I was going to talk about this last time, but I thought this would be a better time to talk about it. Um, the Chamber of Repose stuff with Xemnas in Kingdom Hearts 2, yeah. where he's going to... That weird room under the under the castle. He's got Aqua's armor, and he just sits in a chair and he thinks and he checks his email. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now that we know a little bit more about his origins, I think that that is a point in favor of yeah. Xehanort probably has lost his memory, but it's you know memory in Kingdom Hearts. It's always like inside the heart. It can never be fully destroyed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think I think that is uh Zemnis is trying to remember who he was before he was Xehanort, you know? Trying to chain it back together. Yeah, he's he's sort of communing with Aqua's armor because he he must sense on some level that it means something to him. And another interesting thing is that the symbols on the wall because the the Chamber of Repose is kind of a mirror image of the Chamber of Waking in Castle Oblivion. And in Castle Oblivion, there's the, like, Keyblade Master symbols all over the walls, which look like the kind of heart with a little star at the bottom or whatever. Um, the Nobody symbol is actually pretty similar to the Keyblade Master symbol. And the reason for that is that that is Xemnas's recollection of the 
Keyblade Master symbol that he knows used to mean something to him, but he can't fully remember why. Hmm. Okay. And I think another thing about uh, him having lost his memories is that uh, that would explain why neither Ansem nor Xemnas can use a Keyblade. Oh, true. Okay. Yeah, because I was about to ask if you thought that... So they just both independently got back to doing stuff that Xehanort would have wanted to do? Uh, Ansem and Xemnas, you mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. And we will get more into the timeline of Apprentice Xehanort and what he was doing. Obviously, we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of that from the Ansem reports from Kingdom Hearts 1. Right. But, yeah, we'll get more of it eventually, but we, we do have the information already to sort of put together a loose timeline where he shows up, he doesn't remember who he is, but... Ansem the Wise starts doing his experiments on the nature of hearts and darkness, etc. And Xehanort, for reasons that Ansem doesn't really understand, volunteers to be the first subject of his experiments. Right. Okay. And I think it's implied, but I don't want to get too into this until I have verified when we learn this. I think it's implied that those experiments kind of started to unlock his... Uh, dormant memories and that's what set him off on his path to being an evil boy got it okay but cool. i i don't remember if we already know that or not so maybe i shouldn't have said it <laughs> uh that's fine i feel like that isn't spoiling really anything important mm-hmm. um, but anyway brag brag just says like ah whatever whether you got amnesia or not i got your back <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering, like, what Bragg's deal is, because everyone else is in white lab coats, so they're part of, like, the experiment team, I guess, or the research team. So Bragg's like a guard or something? So, this is actually interesting, because I had never noticed it before, but if you look at probably Evan, maybe Ienzo, but definitely Xehanort, under the lab coat, they're all wearing the same uniform. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So they they are all his apprentices. I don't know if that means that they're all working with him on science stuff. I assume it does. Yeah, it's just funny because I don't think we ever have seen Bragg in a lab coat. Yeah. (laughs) I think Evan and Ienzo are the only two, uh, and now Xehanort, who bother wearing a lab coat. Yeah, Bragg isn't about safety. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, what's what's he going to wear goggles for? He's already lost one eye. Yeah, you wouldn't want to keep the other one. <laughs> what does it matter at this point? I got nothing to lose. Someday the nobody of his eye is going to show up. Ooh. That'd be Brag. Brag. Because oh. he, anyway. <laughs> well, uh, but anyway, back to the, the name of this section is Image of Their Backs Preserved in Memory because... They're walking one way down the hallway. Ansem and Ienzo enter the hallway walking the other direction, eating ice cream. Of oh course. my god, I couldn't More believe ice the ice cream was back. It'll it'll never go away. Why is it important to so many people? Well, <laughs> uh, brand integration. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean that's that's the answer, I suppose. What was what was the story about? It was like. Uh, Nojima, like, wrote up a, a story for Nomura, and Nomura was like, oh, I didn't mean that much ice cream. Yeah, but now they have to keep no, going doing back it. back now. They gotta keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, because, <laughs> like, you know, 
if anyone should be eating ice cream, it should be fucking Axel. But no, it's it's Ansem and the end. He was. He was eating it last time in the credits. That's true. You just didn't see it. That's true. <laughs> uh, we. I mean, we did know that Ansem loves this. It's literally the password on his computer. <laughs> I did know that. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it does. <laughs> it's because it's very... Very stupid. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Ansem, he he pauses and looks back and sees Brag and Xehanort walking away together, and he makes a suspicious face, perhaps preserving the image of their backs in his memory. Perhaps. I don't know. I don't know what else that title would mean. Yeah, and it, it seemed like it seemed like Ienzo noticed something first and then cued Ansem in. That's right. It was Ienzo who paused first. Yeah, Enzo pauses first and kind of like looks at Ansem and then Ansem looks and they both kind of narrow their eyes. I'm still suspicious of Ienzo. What is that child's deal? Weird child. Yeah, is he also a time-traveling weirdo like Xehanort? I don't know. I, I, I probably said this before. I will not be surprised if any weird suspicious setup of Ienzo and uh ends up not getting paid off because they decided to go a different direction with this character but if they don't go a different direction with this character i'm i've got my eye on you you little weirdo because isn't he kind of also he's a kid that shows up with amnesia as well or or something right um i don't think there's anything about him having amnesia but evan does say that like his parents died in an accident and ansem took him in Oh, that's what it is. Okay. And my other my other big red flag on Ienzo is um that he uh an Ansem report says that he was the one who like spurred him to build this uh this underground lab. Oh, that kid killed his parents. <laughs> or something. Or something. Uh that's that's the end of that uh segment. Unless you okay. have anything else to say. Nope. Then we will move on to two who were never meant to meet. Which is set on the the dark margin, the little beach in the realm of darkness from the end of Kingdom Hearts two and other times. Yeah, and we got Ansem the Wise and Aqua. It took me a minute to figure out who it is. I wrote punished Ansem is here. Um, <laughs> he really is. Yeah, he is. Two who were never meant to meet is the Kingdom Hearts equivalent of like name a better crossover event. <laughs> It's true. There's a lot of, you know, I mean, we've talked about it. There are some Kojima um, parallels a lot. This looks like the shores of death, you know, and Death Stranding. Mm -hmm. Um, In some ways, it feels like Kingdom Hearts is really the first Strand game. Yeah, Aqua is fragile, but she's not that fragile. Yeah, yeah, she she has to have her legs exposed because that's how she breathes. (laughs) Um, I, I love how this conversation between the two of them begins with Ansem saying that he's lost all his memories, and then over the course of the conversation, he just says more and more specific stuff. Yeah, it's, it feels like maybe his, this conversation is unearthing things for him. (laughs) Maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe. But yeah, he's, he's wearing a, he's wearing a black coat, he's sitting there on the dark margin, Aqua walks up behind him and asks who he is and he says i don't know all i know is i've i've been here before but same as the last time i was here i can't remember anything about who i am or how i got here um which i really don't know if we should take that at face value because the last time he was here i'm pretty sure is written about in one of his secret answer reports in kingdom hearts 2 and i don't think it's true that he doesn't remember who he is 
Well, he doesn't remember that he remembered who he was. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But um, yeah, she like say? sits down next to him and says that she's been wandering in the realm of darkness for God knows how long. Um, and we learn exactly how long, weird time stuff notwithstanding, because this is Ansem after his Kingdom Hearts digitizer gun thing exploded at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, yeah, it took me a minute to try to figure out when this was happening, but he mentioned something about that. Well, and then we get a lot of clues, because he talks about how... um that the world's never nearly fell to darkness more than once, perhaps Kingdom Hearts too many times, I would mm-hmm. think. Uh, anyway, yeah, so this is just after K- Kingdom Hearts 2, it would appear. Yeah, which means this is an Aqua who's been down here for about 11 years. Yeah. or Not at least great to think about. 11 years on the outside, at least. And obviously, yeah. she's, she's lost concept of time. Yeah, which yeah. does does make it convenient, because for all we know, maybe it was about two days for her. Right. Yeah, probably not, though. Um, and yeah, she she says like uh, she says something like I, I want to go home, but I have to or no, not but I want to go home because I have to be there for my friends. I promised them. And yeah. yeah, Ansem is like, you remind me of a boy I knew once who fought to keep the light safe and to protect his friends. He saved them all time and again with his keyblade. And she says, is the, is, is the boy's name Terra or Ventus? No. <laughs> no, sorry. Shit. Yeah, she gets really sad about that. Yeah, he does, uh, yeah, he does say, I think he does say that a bunch of worlds fell to darkness, like, twice. Yes. Yeah, so they nearly the fell to darkness out. more than once. Yeah. Um, then he says some really wild shit that, um, I am very interested to find out more about. But oh boy. He, he says he hid the re- I hid the results of my research inside of him, transplanting the data where it may serve a purpose. Which I have to imagine is something he did to Roxas. Uh well he said he said I digitized the results of my research and hid them in the boy's heart while he slept. So it would have been uh between Chain of Memories and the end of the Kingdom Hearts 2 prologue. Yeah. Which well yeah. He did have Sora in a pod. Yeah, and that made me, made me think that maybe he did that by putting Roxas back in his heart because he did all the stuff with the digital world with Roxas, or maybe he just put it straight in there. I guess. I, guess I think we'll he. Out. I think he just put it straight in Sora. I don't think it really oh. makes a difference either way. Uh, okay. What I will say about this is, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it. I the digit the digitizing stuff. It's so so stupid. It makes me so mad that so much of Kingdom Hearts is about that. And we will get into coded next time. And the the Ansem data, I don't think comes up in coded, but coded is where they really start going nuts with digital stuff. And do you, oh boy, do you think our feelings on that are are a result of the passage of time? Because you know, like we were just super excited about computers and digitizing stuff earlier in like the early 2000s and we were all scanning our family photos yeah well i'm thinking about like reboot and stuff but this is like way after that i guess yeah and and digimon i don't know yeah i don't know it's just the concept of digitizing research and putting it in sora's heart i'm just like i don't i don't know what you mean i don't know like i dare you to show that happening (laughs) Yeah, and I think for me, I think the part that I don't like about it is that 
so much uh, of the rest of Kingdom Hearts is just like, you know, it's mystic and it's about like feelings and and the nature of humanity and stuff. Uh-huh. And now this, now we're introducing just like fucking computer stuff, which I guess maybe then it's like you're you're talking about questions of like are things we create can they become real or whatever maybe but which is very very thematically meaningful to kingdom hearts for what it is yeah but they were already doing that with like artificial heartless and we don't have to bring computers into it why are we bringing computers into it i think that's the part that i get stuck on i will play devil's advocate on one point because i i I agree with you almost entirely but counterpoint Tron. Tron is good, but Tron can be on a Tron island. <laughs> Trouble on Tron island. Yeah, which sounds like a great place to go, and maybe we should go there <laughs> in a different game. But yeah, Tron could just be Tron, and, and like that can be the one time we think about it that way. Yeah, <laughs> they really they really didn't need to do all of this. And uh, yeah, again, most of it hasn't even happened yet. Yay. <laughs> uh but yeah ansem he says uh the reason that he hid the results of his research in the boy's heart while he slept whatever the fuck that means is that uh he regrets all the things that he did to this boy in the past when he met him maybe a year or so ago uh he he really did a lot of terrible things to his friends his heart was clouded with vengeance and he's like maybe Maybe I did this out of a desire to clear my conscience. Maybe it was just pure scholarly instinct, but I put the research in there and in the hopes that maybe this boy can open the door and save the people whose lives I ruined. And I'm listening to this thinking, are you sure that you don't remember anything (laughs) about who you are or what you've done? You remember a couple things. A lot of this is very specific. He, uh, he put some data in his heart, and he just unlocked it. But then he says, So many are still waiting for their new beginning. Their birth by sleep. Yeah, and I think... They got I, it at the last second. They did. And I think I Ooh. maybe finally figured out what they mean by that after this next part. Yeah, it, it, it seems to be about... Sl- Almost like purgatory, people who are just sort of in limbo waiting to be saved, kind of. Yeah, it's, yeah, all the, well, it's mostly people lying asleep in other people's hearts. Yes, that is true. And, cause, but it, yeah, it, well, it, it applies to those people. It also applies to, I mean, Ansem even says it here. He says, even me and even you. There, there Correct, are a lot yeah. of people who are just kind of, yeah, in in limbo, needing to be saved, of course, by Sora and friends. Um, uh, some of them very literally are <laughs> sleeping. Yeah, this, uh, this does feel like one of those things where calling it birth by sleep is not really a very good way to describe it. <laughs> like, they're going to be birthed by awakening. They're just currently asleep. Yeah, I mean, birth by sleep, it's an interesting title. Mm-hmm. It's, like, catchy and memorable. I don't know if it's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's, like, if it's trying to imply that the sleep part of it is the the restoration they need to have while they're in limbo or something. But maybe it just sounded cool. And that's a thing yeah, we have to it, remember sometimes, is sometimes Japanese people just think certain combinations of English English words sound cool. Yeah, God knows we do that to their words, too. <laughs> we do. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, it, it it is a cool title. I don't think it's really very descriptive of this game whatsoever. <laughs> no, no, it's. I would have gone for something more like Kingdom Hearts Amelioratory Benevolence or something like that. Yeah, something descriptive that we all can understand, like Kingdom Hearts Freeman Japeriod or something like that. Yeah, I like those all better. Those are those are a lot better. Uh, I, I do have the fan and wiki open. I've, I've been looking at uh, Keyblade Wielder Aiden this entire time. <laughs> oh, Keyblade Wielder Aiden. I gotta look at you again. Um, but now we, we get to my favorite part of Blank Points, because Aqua asks Ansem, what is this boy's name? And he says, his name is... And then we, we enter the next part, titled, All the Pieces Lie Where They Fell. And we get a little montage we got Naminé in her room in the Twilight Town mansion, drawing a picture of Sora in her sketchbook. And she says, Sora. <laughs> and we go to the clock tower. We got Roxas, Axel, and Shion. I didn't think Shion would be here. Yeah, who's that? Oh, I mean, uh, and someone else. Uh, eating ice cream together, of course. And they all look at the sunset and they smile and they say, Sora. We go to the land of departure where Ventus is sleeping on a bench and Terra comes over and wakes him up. And they look up at the sky and they say, Sora. That one felt weirder. That one's a little weird. Uh, and then we go back to Aqua, who sheds some tears and says, Sora. Sora. Yeah. And I I will say, this scene here, this is one of the like most powerful surgical strikes of Kingdom Hearts that always <laughs> makes me cry every fucking time. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, I think... What really does it? First of all, I I love. I think this is a really good moment of like the thematic significance of Sora's name being Sora, which means sky. All of these, all of these characters, all over the different worlds, all sort of united by this one boy and how good and awesome he is, and how much we love him, and what a good boy he is. But what I what really gets me is Aqua crying because I think there's two sides of it. Which is, number one, she's crying because she feels hopeful that Sora will save her and reunite her with her friends. But I also think that it's a little bit of grief knowing that the little boy that she met, who Sora was like, to her, Sora was like a little babier version of Ventus, who she was like, protect this boy he doesn't need any part of this yeah it's clear she didn't she it's clear she thought that um riku was more important maybe you know right that she was like riku riku can be the keyblade wielder as long as sora is there for his friend that's that's all that really matters sora doesn't need to get dragged into this he's too pure he's got such a good heart he doesn't this is not his world so I think that her learning that Sora is now, like, their only hope, I think that Aqua probably feels pretty bad about that. And I I think that her crying, but also, like, smiling and feeling hopeful and, like, asking Sora to save her and her friends, I think that's a very, a very emotionally potent moment. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, you know, also, she's... She's partially responsible for Sora being part of it because she put a weird curse on Kairi 
and that, and that forced Sora into being her protector. That's true. I don't. I doubt that she knows that, but yeah, yeah. that is kind of true. Part of the reason that Sora ends up getting involved in all of this is actually due to her own actions. Right, and you know, who's to say is 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 Akko really doing magic there, or does she just you know was fate always going to work that way, or something? Who 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 could say? I will say once again, you didn't watch the scene in the credits where Kyrie's necklace that Aqua blessed literally lit up <laughs> and glowed. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's also sort of more direct stuff, though. Like, you know, the reason that Riku was bequeathed a Keyblade was because Terra ended up going to the Destiny Islands, which... Maybe Aqua might feel a little responsibility for that. Like if I had done my job properly and brought Terra home, maybe maybe no Keyblade would have been brought to the Destiny Islands, etc. Yeah, in the in the first place, maybe Terra's only there because of Sora's heart connecting with Ventus's so long ago. And really, yeah, you I know, mean, Xehanort's called- the fir- Xehanort's the first one to contact them and and put them in, into the into this whole mess. It's called the Destiny Islands. <laughs> Yeah, You're not, not getting that, out of this that easy. It's not that subtle. <laughs> oh, on that note, I don't remember. I've probably mentioned this, that I have just a list of questions and mysteries, some of which I think I know the answers to, others I don't. Yeah. I've just been keeping a running list as we go, and occasionally I'll go back and check it and, and mark stuff off when we get an answer to it. We got an answer to one that I think is worth mentioning, because... Oh. In Kingdom Hearts' final mix, we see a scene of young Sora and Riku in the cave, and when they walk out, Riku pauses and looks back at that door, and we learn that he can see a big keyhole on it, and Sora can't. Oh. Now we know it's because he was bequeathed a keyblade. He, He hadn't received his keyblade yet, but he was like a destined keyblade wielder. Sora wasn't. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. They were thinking about some of this shit. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, weird. I mean, I guess, you know, even in Kingdom Hearts 1, Riku does say something at some point about, like, you were just the errand boy who brought me my Keyblade that I was destined or something like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Our last scene of blank points is where they wait for him. Uh, yeah, to to your point earlier, all the pieces lie where they fell, where they wait for him is one sentence, whereas the rest <laughs> aren't a sentence. But uh, this is picking up the very end of Kingdom Hearts 2, where Sora and Riku are uh, sitting by the tree on the islands. Uh, actually, no, sorry, this is a little bit afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because in that ending, Sora gets a message in the bottle with uh, Mickey's seal, uh, which is a picture of his own head. Weird. <laughs> that is strange. Uh, <laughs> bit bit egotistical, but whatever. Uh but uh he in this scene, he's sitting there, Riku comes over and sees Re- uh, uh Sora holding Mickey's message, and he asks him, Oh, have you made your mind up? And Sora says, Yep. And Kyrie comes over and gets immediately sidelined. <laughs> <laughs> She's Did you want Oh no, to, no, no, no. I'm you... sorry, I had it backwards. Kyrie is the one who interrupts Sora. My bad. It's true. Yeah. This is the only time this will ever happen. <laughs> but yeah, Sora, he like starts to explain like, oh, sorry, Kyrie, this is... A-. But she's just like, don't worry. 
I get it. And we we still don't know the contents of the letter, but Sora says, they really need me. I am who I am because of them. Yeah. So it looks like Mickey knows. I mean, we know that Mickey has met Aqua and Ventus. It's true. Yeah. He does know who Terra is, even if he didn't meet him. So... Yeah, and I, I didn't know if this meant that he was talking specifically about the three of them, or if it was just about, like, all the people that Sora has, like, touched that are in one way or another out of commission, you know, like like Axel or, or Roxas or all of those people, you know? Yeah, and we can, we'll leave that ambiguous for now, but I will say uh, that the plot of Kingdom Hearts Coded is what leads to Mickey sending Sora this letter. So we will learn not too far from now. Okay. But yeah, Riku and Kairi just smile at Sora and wish him wish him well on his journey, and Kairi hands him her lucky charm and says, see you soon. And we get our first reconnect Kingdom Hearts, which I don't really know what it means. It's what, it's what Kingdom Hearts does, potentially. I guess it does. I, I, get, I think it does. It's supposed to bring all the hearts of the worlds together. Also, a lot of other things that some people think it'll do. Yeah, it's it's weird to me because I, I, I think that this is the only one of these that we've seen, but there's another slogan, which is uh, Kingdom Hearts, an oath to return, which is kind of the their, like, to be continued, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, like, that, I know what they're saying. Reconnect Kingdom Hearts feels a little vague, but... Oh, yeah, it's weird they're being vague about something. <laughs> To, to be continued, parentheses, in a story about reconnecting characters, I guess is what it means. Building bridges. My name is Sora Porter Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> That's his real last We're going to make Disneyland whole again. Yeah. Oh, God. You're- you know, I, I love Kingdom Hearts. I love Death Stranding. I also hate them both so much. Mickey, you're the king of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the end of Blank Points. Yeah. What, what did you think of it overall? Uh, cool stuff. I mean, I, I think Hidden Truths kicks ass, and I love stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, and then beyond that, it's just, I guess, good to get this extra context. It does feel like kind of... We we get a we got a question later, and I'll talk about this more with this question. I just... There's so much... There's so many great ideas in Kingdom Hearts, but the way that I don't think they're good at telling stories necessarily, you know, <laughs> and like it's clear this is information that maybe they wanted to be in the game and didn't fit it in. And it is always just like, why you wasted all this time with nothing going on in a bunch of Disney worlds. And I guess that I don't know, like in some ways, I understand that this is a series hamstrung by its need to. It's hamstrung and enabled also by its need to connect with Disney stories. Mm-hmm. But I also sometimes feel like them not getting more of the stuff in during those Disney stories is kind of like a lack of imagination in some ways. Yeah, I really do wonder because some of those Disney World stories are so good mm-hmm. and some of them are so nothing. And when they're nothing, it feels like they're nothing because they're just trying to stick to the movies as much as possible. And I always wonder if that's, it could be a lack of imagination, but it could also be a lack of like creative freedom. Yeah. And it's hard to know which, which is happening. And I think that's more confusing. It's made more confusing by the times that they do tell a story. 
Yeah, and <laughs> I suspect we will never have an answer to that because I don't see anyone who works on Kingdom Hearts just coming out and being like, yeah, Disney uh, Disney really didn't let us do storytelling very much. <laughs> because yeah. I think if they piss Disney off, then the franchise is destroyed. <laughs> right, we'll never hear those things and we'll never really know what the truth is and maybe it's somewhere in the middle. Balance in all things. Right, I'm, I'm That's Zaynor. what Xehanort taught me. Oh, I did have to. I did have one other thing to say about Hidden Truth specifically, which is that they did a Yakuza shot where we get like an extreme close up on the right half of Terra's face and then the left half of Xehanort's face. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> yeah, that part. That part was just really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I li- I like blank points. It's interesting in that it's our first time having like a secret ending that isn't just a mysterious proof-of-concept cutscene for a future game. A cool music video. Yeah, it feels like this is the first time that they've kind of felt the confidence that the series has legs, and that they can just be like, let's let's set up future plot points, you know? We're not just going to do a teaser of like, ooh, if we get to make another game, maybe we can do something like this. Well, this is the game where I feel like they're working off of a larger Bible for the overall story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that leads us into a fragmentary passage, which is playable, which means that a lot of this we won't be talking about. <laughs> I took some notes on the running around parts, but there's not a lot to say. Yeah, once again, it's formatted into a series of scenes, kind of. Mm-hmm. Kind of, because uh, the first scene is titled One, and it shows Aqua walking up behind Ansem on the dark margin, and that's the whole scene. It feels like a countdown, and it's kind of a countdown, but it's also kind of not. No, it's it's actually establishing a continuum between zero and one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because then we get to zero, which is we we rewind all the way through everything that we saw in blank points, and we stop right at the end of the final episode where Aqua is looking at her wayfinder, thinking about Aurora, who she never met, in the realm of darkness. That's zero. And then we get zero point, which I think just means anything between zero and anything else. Got it. Okay. I don't, I don't, it, it's made more confusing by the fact that they wrote out the word zero instead of having the number zero, which they didn't do anywhere else. <laughs> I think that's just because they thought it looked cool. Thought it looked cool. It could be them doing like, um, a dual meeting thing, which is like, this is the zero point where we're now in zero point. Is, is zero point a phrase? No, but you could, I could see you trying to say like, like, instead of saying starting line, you say zero point, like the, the point where you're at zero. Okay, yeah, I guess. And I, I think that we will find that part of what they're getting at here is that this is, I think, chronologically, the very beginning of Kingdom Hearts 1. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I think. Or, or around that. Because, I don't know if it was entirely clear to you what happens here, but... Zero point begins with Aqua holding her wayfinder, which is glowing. And, you know, she says some stuff like, I'll always find my way back as long as my friends are with me, something, something. Uh, And she just continues on down this road through the realm of darkness. 
but she notices that the wayfinder is the the glow is starting to fade and then the whole the whole realm of darkness like it shakes and a big portal of light opens up in the sky and then darkness starts like flowing into it like a huge wave of nasty purple and then the portal closes and the wayfinder stops glowing and aqua's like okay i need to see what the heck that was uh and we will learn at the very end and I, I again I, I I wonder if you put together that this was what was happening because I I know this because I have additional information, but that was one of the worlds falling to darkness. No, that's what I figured was happening, especially yeah. because this is when we start seeing Heartless. So um, Yeah, we know that she's seen the dark sides. I was kind of curious how many Heartless she's encountered because she has a line somewhere where she's like, These are no unversed. Yeah, she she doesn't doesn't maybe know what this what these are, but we start just seeing yeah the normal little heartless from Kingdom Hearts one. Yeah, I was wondering if the portal she saw was um, Ansem's experiment at uh, Radiant Garden because mm. that's the first I, time I think a, a world gets eaten. Mm. Right. I actually don't know if we know which was the first world to fall. I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess not. But. Yeah, so I think I think timeline wise, in on the Destiny Islands, Sora is probably like having his dive to the heart dream right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which would probably put this sometime. I guess it would have to be a while after Ansem did all his stuff because Ansem's actions are what led to all the Final Fantasy characters being in Traverse Town, and true. they seemed like they had been gone for a while at that point. Okay, true. Yeah, so. Yeah, we we start with zero point five, which is playable. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! I've never played it, never unlocked it. I've never done the sticker album. Don't be ridiculous. Um, so yeah, Aqua is she's exploring the realm of darkness. She's finding tons and tons of heartless and blah blah blah. Lots of combat. Ultimately, she reaches what looks like some sort of core. There's a lot of, like, nasty darkness purple aura. Yeah, it's all spirally and neat looking. All those, like, undersea, like, coral looking structures. Yeah, I wanted this... (laughs) I had a thing to say about the coral structures, because, you know, it's interesting how it looks like there's, like, light breaking through the cracks of all of those. Uh And I'm like, is that light seeping in? Or is it darkness, like, surrounding some sort of source of light? And then I was like, or does it just look cool? Maybe it just looks cool. <laughs> uh, well, doing my favorite thing of giving Kingdom Hearts the benefit of the doubt, it could make sense if that is the heartless, like, sort of scratching at the walls, metaphorically speaking. Because that, that is what they do. They, like, attack the the hearts of the worlds from the realm of darkness. So that could actually be what's going on there. Well, my other thought, too, is that, um, you know, we learned that the world used to not be totally covered in darkness mm-hmm. and maybe this is just us seeing how the maybe these are just parts of the old world that are covered in darkness that have some light in them who, who knows could be that's kind of uh kind of similar to the end of the world at uh at the end of kingdom hearts one it's true also in uh Kyrie's grandma's famous fairy tale she says that there is something called the true light which sleeps in the deepest darkness that's what i was thinking of but it might just look cool it might also just look cool. <laughs> Although the way that these games work, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, this would look cool. We should write a whole game about justifying why it happened and looked like this later. 
yeah, it can be it can be a lot of things. <laughs> um, probably for the best, the realm of darkness is still pretty mysterious these days. That's so. I'm, you say stuff like that, and I'm always like, but there's so many more games. But you know, I guess they want to make more. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, we'll not to say that we won't see more of it, but what we do see is still we don't re- we don't really know too much about like how it all works down here. You know. All right. And uh, on that note, uh, Aqua reaches this sort of core-looking area, and there is a creepy eye watching her from the fog. There's there's blood vision looking at Aqua. Yeah, and it uh, it jumps out and attacks her. It is I, a. Oh, hold on! Uh, I, I wrote some notes because I was I, I was like, "What is that? It's moving around all fast." I'm like, "Is it is it Twisted Mickey? We got Twisted Mickey," <laughs> and then it and then it runs by. Then it it's goes Mortimer. by. Then it goes by even closer, and I'm like, "Oh, is it Beast? Is this Beast traveling through the darkness?" And he got he got sicko, and is Aqua going to make him not sicko in the darkness? Um, and then I was like, "Well, no, that's not it. Doesn't look like Beast anymore." And then I'm like, "Is it Scar? That'd be cool if it was Scar." <laughs> uh, but it's none of these things. It's just a big lizard. It it's it's more of a more of like a big wolf dog thing. It's called the Dark Hide. Oh, it kind of has like axolotl like. I don't know. I, I saw it as a big lizard with like axolotl gills, but maybe maybe it is a wolf. Uh, I see. I see what you mean. It's got like it does kind of have like a lizardy tail. I've always seen it as a wolf. Well, here's what's kind of interesting about it. And actually, we can we we can maybe throw together a crackpot corner right here, right now, involving your Great. your thoughts on Beast. Mm-hmm. Because ooh, I don't know if you got a good look at it, but do, do you remember uh uh the boss that Sora fought at Beast's castle? The chandelier? No, although it, it it involved the chandelier in the fight. Here, I'll find the picture of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, they look similar. So, what if the Dark Hide, when Beast comes through the Realm of Darkness to get to Hollow Bastion, what if the Dark Hide sort of attached itself to Beast in some capacity... And a little bit of its essence maybe accompanied him eventually to Beast's castle and became the Dark Thorn. Could be. Oh, because there's a thorn hmm. stuck in his fur. Or, oh, yeah, I was just going to say because of the rose, but yeah. Oh, well, that makes more sense, too. Yeah. No, it makes it makes more sense both ways. It means both things. It was on purpose. Yeah, it is. There's always meaning. Everything Everything has meaning. Everything means something. Yeah, this is a, this is a cool boss. It's got a cool design, and interestingly, I think this might be the biggest heartless, the biggest pure blood heartless we've ever seen. Yeah, the, I do the, still really wonder about what pure blood heart, heartless are. Um, yeah, they're they're kind of just as far as we can tell, just like darkness made manifest, you know. And I think it's interesting the idea that like the deeper you go in the realm of darkness, you encounter like these instead of just the little the little shadows that crawl around you find like giant monster heartless i think that's really cool we know that like the longer you're exposed to darkness you like you know get twisted Uh uh-huh and you know it it does make wonder too if it's just like this is like a heart that's been in darkness for a really long time and gotten really weird and, and nasty with it I'm trying to remember because I know that pure blood heartless come from people's hearts or uh, 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 emblem heartless rather mm-hmm. the ones that uh, Ansem makes or Xehanort makes under Ansem's name. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if pure blood heartless actually have hearts attached to them. 
I think oh. they might just be pure darkness. Oh, okay. Yeah, or yeah, or maybe it's Grandma Kyrie story time, and it, it's like one of the hearts that got trapped in here like a long time ago. Ooh, that's kind of creepy. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's interesting seeing through the eyes of this big heartless <laughs> because that's I don't think that's ever happened before. No, it's cool that it happens during the fight, and you have to like get ready for it to attack you as it's yeah. looking at you through its vision. Yeah. Um, I did appreciate, I think, I think we watched the same Let's Play from a, a channel called, I think, like, Battle Litany, that mm-hmm. has a, a nice, uh, high-quality Let's Play with no commentary, uh, who was using Aqua's command style, I think it's called, like, Rhythm Mixer. <laughs> I wrote that down, Rhythm Mixer is so, so goofy. It's this incredibly, like, terrifying, giant Heartless that she's fighting, the most dramatic music you could imagine, but then she does her Keyblade thing, and it's like, wicka, wicka, wicka. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time she swings her keyblade it makes a record scratch and then like <laughs> the big like final attack is a rhythm game thing where you hit the button and you can a- yeah. attack a certain part of the screen. I don't think I've ever unlocked Rhythm Mixer, which makes me think you probably have to do the fucking ice cream beat mini game a billion times. That makes sense. Uh, anyway, yeah, she she beats the Dark Hide, um, and she says something like, uh, "Oh yeah, this is where she's like, these monsters are no unversed; they must be what dwells in the realm of darkness." And yeah, she beats it, and she walks out of a dark forest sometime later, looking very exhausted. And she sees Cinderella's castle and says, what? How can this be? Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. So I, I, we can assume that that is the world that fell to darkness at the beginning. Or, you know, it might just be one of them. Maybe we know, like, Snow White's castle fell or uh, whatever the hell. The, the Sleeping Beauty one. They all fell around the same time. So, yeah. Yeah, could be. Um, it did think, think like, yeah, fragmentary passage also, like, zero point seems like a two-meaning thing, which is, like, Aqua was traveling along this, like, very fragmented passage to get to this place, and then also it's just a small story. A oh, small, that's a, true. A small, it's a, it's a fragment of a story, a fragment of a passage. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's true, I like that. I never think about these titles because I don't under- I don't understand them, so I usually don't bother. I have to assume they're choosing them for some reason, and that that's all I can think of. Yeah, that's that's cool though. I like that. And then yeah, we get a we I think we get a little title card for a fragmentary passage, and we get a we get a little montage of clips of Kingdom Hearts games, but the montage starts with a new shot of Mickey in his cool black uniform, arriving in the realm of darkness with his Starseeker Keyblade. And boy, is that badass. Yeah, Mickey Mickey cool. <laughs> Me likey badass, Mickey. Me likey big, yes, absolutely. Oh, the uh, the end of this is pretty cool, too, because we, we, we get, like, these really quick flashes of Xehanort's eyes on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then we see, like, Sora sitting on the tree on the Destiny Islands, and then he disappears... And we go to the Chamber of Waking, where Ventus is asleep in the chair, and then he disappears. Creepy. It is creepy. And then we get a title card for Birth by Sleep Volume 2. Which, is that days? Did they just change it to days later? Uh, no, this was meant to be a teaser for a game that ultimately didn't happen. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> well, I should say they they reworked the Birth by Sleep Volume Two concept into every time I've mentioned that there's another game called A Fragmentary Passage. It's yeah. more of this Aqua in the Realm of Darkness stuff. Got it. Okay. It's it's like three four hours long. I want to say. Okay. It's kind kind of like a a, a short prequel for Kingdom Hearts four three 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 not four Jesus. <laughs> okay. But all right, yeah, we'll we'll get there eventually. Alrighty. That's yeah. that's the end of these. Yeah, I thought Fragmentary Passage was pretty cool, even though it's not a whole lot, but um. It was neat seeing the stuff falling to darkness, and I guess cool seeing what Aqua's been up to uh, before yeah, she talks it's to Ansem. It's also interesting, while I don't know if I necessarily like or agree with the sort of, like, title card little short scenes format of these two things, I think it's it's definitely interesting to see them, like, trying different storytelling formats. Yeah, I think so. I th- yeah, I think that's... I mean, they're going to keep doing that, obviously, but I think that is fun to try to tell a story a bunch of different ways. Yeah. I guess, to your point, again, I never I never really thought about the title, but I think that format does kind of make some sense of the phrase fragmentary passage. Yeah, I, that's... Well, because when I first heard that as a title, as a thing, I always, you know, I always heard it was like a short thing, I assumed then, oh, a fragmentary passage, which I was thinking passage as in, as in like part of a story and... But yeah, I think they also like to do double double meaning stuff when they can. Literally, I was thinking of the just the long road through the realm of darkness that we've seen a few times. That was what I assumed the passage meant, and then I got to the word fragmentary and I turned my brain off and stopped thinking about it. Well, that passage was also fragmentary. So, it probably was if I knew what that meant in that context. Yeah, just I mean, like that it's kind of broken it's kind of busted yeah it is kind of busted there's i I feel like there's like chunks dangling off of it and stuff why not yeah she's doing weird little jumps around the chunks i could imagine it being fragmentary or fragmented fragmented would be a better word but i don't know they like not cool enough doesn't sound as cool uh i think this is a great time now that we've finished birth by sleep to just uh look back on things let's check in on my sora watching people die tally uh (laughs) less in this game much yeah he's not in it but much higher number than i expected uh because this was intended to be a sora watching people die tally it became more a sora killing people tally yeah he he mostly just straight up murders them that's true he has 12 kills and he has witnessed 8 <laughs> yeah that's uh, really high not to mention the number of times that they lead uh, <laughs> a skeleton pirate into the moonlight and obliterate them with magic <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. We're talking about like named characters we care about, right? If we're if we're counting those pirates, then the number is maybe like a thousand. But yeah, his first his first kill uh, was Oogie Boogie. He watched Ansem die, and yeah, then he he killed he killed a few uh, nobodies in Castle Oblivion. But his first straight up human murder was Shan Yu, and that one really surprised me. <laughs> that that is really surprising. Um, well, Shan Yu deserves it. Sure. He scared a lot of children. but And lot, killed a lot of people. A lot of murders for a kid. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any Anything else that we we want to talk about? You know, we're, we're, we're kind of on, on the precipice of a new era of, uh, of Kingdom Hearts. Because I would say that Coded, Dream Drop Distance, and 3 
are all kind of one larger story. Okay. So I think this is sort of the end of part one, one could argue. Which sort of ends with Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think just... um, I like some. I like the stuff it's setting up. I really liked Birth by Sleep. I think Birth by Sleep, to me, enhances a lot of the rest of the story. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think the thing we've been missing for a lot of stuff is, like, context to why anyone mm-hmm. is doing anything. Mm-hmm. And so now we have a lot more of that, which is nice. Um, yeah. I think that... I think that I've got to stop thinking so much about Grandma Kyrie's story because it just like <laughs> something about it really struck me and stuck with my brain. And I kind of look at the whole series through that lens a lot of the time. And I probably shouldn't, shouldn't do that so much, even though it's clearly very important. I probably should just be trying to, <laughs> trying to watch it and see what's going on. But yeah, I would, I would say yet. Yeah. You'll know it. You'll know it when you need to. Okay. All right. When when it becomes relevant, it is incredibly obvious that it's relevant. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I'm I'm like I'm like a little trepidatious going into this next stuff though because like I just hate the data stuff so much and all I've heard is that gets way bigger and I hope it's not like overwhelming the story. I mean, it it is coded. That is the plot of coded. <laughs> unfortunately yeah i just mean like um, in like three and stuff i'm hoping three doesn't do that as much it's 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 certainly not as present as it is encoded but it'll okay. it'll be around for a while okay <laughs> maybe forever <laughs> but that's maybe okay yeah i like birth by sleep a lot it it definitely it definitely has sort of fallen in my rankings as an adult because i think that a lot of the a lot of the character stuff that should carry it really falls flat especially in Aqua's story um that's but- fair that's actually really fair cuz i think like you know i said i liked it a lot but i guess i like it lore wise maybe it's not as a full game it's, it's it doesn't all come together which is such a funny place be- i feel the same way uh and yeah again i like birth by sleep i i wish that it was better uh but it's funny to me looking back on my relationship with Kingdom Hearts over time because as a kid, I was absolutely like, I don't care. I don't care about the reports. I don't care about why any of this is happening. Right. I'm here for Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts crossover. I want to see Squall. I want to see the Little Mermaid. And I want to see a kid with a big key hitting monsters. Right. And it's it's really funny to me just looking back on that feeling, and now I'm such a lore hog that I just live for this shit. Yeah, we our priorities change as we get older. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's cool. And I'm a person who is generally not super keen on prequels because it feels a lot of the time like how much can this possibly matter? But yeah. It- in this case, you kind of need it because it's so clear that things have happened before the story that really matter. Right. That's what I love about Birth by Sleep is that it feels like it takes a world that we were just seeing a little slice of it and just expands out around it. Yeah. And I think that like in some ways, you know, again, I talked about how I just sometimes I think they have a lack of imagination or, or a lack of like good storytelling techniques because a lot of really good stories do – are like ones where you come in in the middle 
and you get you don't you can get filled in on what happened in the past without having a full on prequel. Like sometimes yeah. it's just like getting little bits and pieces, like getting Ansem reports and getting other like expository stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean yeah. that's a big part of why I love like a Song of Ice and Fire is that it that whole story is like set in the aftermath of a fantasy story. And you're just hearing all of these people talk about stuff that happened before, mm-hmm. but you don't know. Yeah, you're part of a world of the greater history. And that's cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that that is something that I think Kingdom Hearts, I never thought I would say this, but I think that Kingdom Hearts is really interesting for how much history it feels like these worlds have, except when they're Disney worlds. Right, because their history is this movie that you might have seen. Yes. <laughs> the the closest thing the Disney worlds have to history is the extremely unnecessary flashback of Mufasa's death. <laughs> yeah. Except for when you've got weird stuff like Triton being like, you fucking Keyblade wielders, you destroyed Atlantis. <laughs> and they and should that do that more often. that is the stuff that I am so, so interested in. Yeah. I want to know. When did that happen? Who did it? Why was Yen Sid there? I mean, imagine the version of Kingdom Hearts where every time Sora goes to a world, there's one person that's like, get the, get the fuck out of here. You're going to destroy this place like you guys did last time <laughs> when you had the big war. Yeah, it's it's cool though and I like I like that it's actually inconsistent in that way that sometimes they will go somewhere and the person will be like, "Uh-uh, you get the hell out of here with that keyblade." Mm-hmm. But other times like we meet uh like Snow White and Cinderella in Kingdom Hearts 1 and they're like, "Oh, a keyblade wielder. How nice to see you." <laughs> right. Yeah. Which turns out it's because Cinderella is talking about her girlfriend, Aqua. Right. Her very real girlfriend, Aqua. Which I, I do want to say, I was talking to Lauren about this and mm-hmm. how I've never understood that ship. Something I hadn't considered is that uh, Cinderella, not in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, but in the movie Cinderella is a character. True. With like hopes and dreams. <laughs> and I, I, I hadn't considered how aqua could fit into cinderella's story because i was i was all i was seeing was how cinderella and aqua barely encounter each other and then the green goblin kills uh lady tremaine and her daughters off screen <laughs> yeah you're you're using the lens of kingdom hearts for the entire world which is you know i understand it but you you should sometimes use other lenses right so i do want to say if any if any cinder aqua shippers are listening to this I think I get it now, so have fun. <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand it, but now I kind of do. Totally. Yeah, I'm just not a shipper in general, but like, yeah, you know, go, go for it. This is the this is the only Kingdom Hearts podcast by two non-shippers. That's probably not true. Uh, anyway, do we have any questions this week? We do. Yeah. Um, I have, well, I have multiple questions from one person and then another question. Uh, uh, but Ingrid left us several questions. I oh, think okay. they're pretty good ones. Um, so the first question is, would it have been better if there were separate games for each character, or is there just no easy or obvious way to avoid the lumps of Birth by Sleep? And I think no. I think that, I think no to the first part. I think that, I think it's good for this to all be one game. Especially I, the way that they like crisscross throughout, you know? Yeah, I think that's a cool thing to try to do. I think the answer is just they didn't really succeed 100%. 
Um, like they needed to give Aqua a real story, and that would have been yeah. be- and that would have been better. And then there's just whatever's going on in the Disney world, which like we discussed earlier, it's like either they're hamstrung by Disney's lawyers or something. But like, yeah, I don't think the problems are putting it all in one game. I think that makes more sense. It's just they just couldn't do it for some reasons. And it yeah, it just isn't better. Yeah, because I love the idea of Birth by Sleep. I, it's the execution that I take issues with. And it's why as much as I and I say this all the time. I don't want remakes, but I I do think that a Birth by Sleep remake could really flesh out a lot of these, like, character interactions and make them feel like they're actually grounded in plot rather than just sort of floating adrift in a, just a concept of a character arc. Yeah, because a lot of the times it feels like we're just finishing up the checklist of having the Disney worlds they had to put in this game and then getting to the story they wanted to tell. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like if, if we're talking about avoiding the lumps, it's gotta just be like, give the characters space to exist as characters instead of just ushering them from Disney cutscene to Disney cutscene. I mean, we're we're still a ways away, but I think that's something that is so interesting about Kingdom Hearts 3 is that it feels so much slower in the cutscenes because the characters are just, like, existing instead hmm. of just saying, we have to go and find this guy. All right, let's go, <laughs> you know, um, which I am I'm a little nervous about getting to Kingdom Hearts 3 because there's there's just so much more to it for that reason, but... Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, and again, and then, you know, I mean, some of these things probably come down to hardware limitations and other stuff, too. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And budget. And budget. I, I don't think that uh, Kingdom Hearts had counted on having a massive, massive global fandom. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, and budgets may be a better answer. But again, I think, you know, sometimes that's like, like people make really good stories with like no money. So, oh, some, yeah, so, sure. so sometimes I think it's just different priorities too, stuff like that. Yeah, but, true. Um, Ingrid's next question was, will Kingdom Hearts ever do right by a female character or is Aqua no. the best the series can get? And yeah, I, I think probably, well, I think it's like that thing where it's like, there's nothing inherent to um, the story here that, that says that someone couldn't come in and write a good story about a female character, but it's clear that... Right, I worry that there's something about the writers that makes that not happen. (laughs) Yeah, the team that's working on this just doesn't seem interested in it or incapable. Yeah, Uh, this is a tough question for me to answer knowing where the series is because I want to say I think they know that people are not happy and I think that they want to do better, but I don't know what is in the future. Um... I I wonder if it's possible that they didn't think that girls would be playing these games and they didn't think that boys would care about female characters. Which it shows up in a ton of Japanese media, you know, and, and not just Japanese media either. It's not fair to put that entirely at their feet. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I think that's probably true. You know, but... that's a huge problem with the Yakuza games is yeah. they will have one or two female characters per game and most of what they do is watch from a helicopter as Kiryu gets blown up by a big bomb and he's fine. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, this is a problem with like a lot of media. Um, and yeah, your hope is just that they get some other writers in there or some other creative control that puts them. Cause again, I think that it's, I think the nice thing about Kingdom Hearts is they haven't necessarily, they haven't set up a world where like women are inherently inferior or something. They just don't. They <laughs> no, just, not at all. They did, which is like some, some, some stories do that, you know, but, yeah. but they didn't do that. They just haven't done it yet. That's all. Yeah, and again, I I really really want to believe that they will in the next games, but yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll it, see. And one positive of Birth by Sleep is they 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 position here like Aqua as the most competent and possibly most powerful Keyblade wielder of her trio, and that's kind of cool. That's true, and I I don't know why her route is so like distant from the plot, but you know. She gets the end of the game. She gets the 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 final episode. She gets fragmentary passage. She does get a lot to do. Um, but it it is frustrating that when the male characters are present, she has nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, last question from Ingrid: Should Aqua's romance tour of Disney included a lady tramp world with a spaghetti dog kiss? And yeah, yes. yeah, it should have. And you should have got uh, to press the buttons to do the slurping of the spaghetti. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. And then that should probably be an attack that Aqua gets through a D-Link. Oh, my God. Her dog link. Her dog link. Yeah, she gets a new command style called, like, uh, Pasta Disasta or something. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, she puts the unversed into a big thing of pasta. <laughs> and, and and sucks them up into her mouth. <laughs> yeah, Lady and the Tramp. Has, sorry. It's only a... Uh-huh. I'm sorry for that image that I've created. Just thinking about what you said? I'm thinking about Lady what I said. Lady and the Tramp, it, it, there was a Lady and the Tramp fountain in Kingdom Hearts 1 in Traverse Town, but yeah, we haven't seen any Lady and the Tramp. They've been pretty, pretty, uh, I think for, for obvious reasons, apprehensive, it feels, about anthropomorphic animal worlds. They've only done Lion King, and I can understand why they wouldn't want to keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, for, well, for one, they have to animate differently, and that's yeah. Not, that's I not. think that's probably the main reason. I think Lion King was supposed to be in Kingdom Hearts One, but they had to cut it because they were like, "There's no way that we can make that happen." Yeah, I, I would like, I, yeah, I'd like some of those, you know, Aristocats. Yeah, I want um, Sora to solve a mystery with the Great Mouse Detective. Oh, that would be cool. That'd be good. That would be really good. Um, only one more question from, from Joe. I don't actually know if I get it, but he says, got a question for the resident um, canning, which is, is this where you start discussing the ProZD video? I'm not sure. Do you know what, do you know what that means? Well, okay. There's, there's, there's two that this probably could mean. I think I know which one you mean. There's one about Nording. Um, oh, okay. I've seen that. Uh, but not relevant yet. I don't I don't think we can talk about that yet. Yeah, that's not relevant yet. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't really know that I have that much to say about the video besides that it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah Proceedings funny. Uh, the content of the video, there is well, you know, it's funny. I was talking about this earlier cuz there's there's another um there's another ProZD video which I will I will briefly summarize/butcher which is uh, the two, the two types of, or no, it's, it's like what it feels like to watch a Kingdom Hearts trailer. And it's like two people in stupid masks playing chess and talking about light and dark and he's bored. 
and then it's Mike Wazowski and he's cheering and clapping. <laughs> and I'm the guy who is cheering and clapping for two guys playing chess while talking about light and darkness in stupid masks. Then Mike Wazowski shows up and I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. I didn't wa- I was trying to resist being that guy cuz like, you know, I think people go too far in saying that you should get rid of all the Mike Wazowski stuff. Absolutely. Like that Kingdom Hearts would lose so much of what makes it itself that way. But but I'm I'm inching closer and closer to not caring about Mike Wazowski. <laughs> well, that's uh, a great transition into looking ahead to the future of Kingdom Hearts for us, because next time we will be talking about Kingdom Hearts Coded, a game where I am seriously debating whether or not to just completely skip over every single second of Disney World's. Wow. Because without really getting into it, because it doesn't matter to us right now, I would argue that Coded is like Chain of Memories in terms of rehashing stuff we've seen before, only arguably less important to the plot. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we've got we've got Coded, which has it 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 does have good stuff in it. It it does. I've heard great things about the gameplay of it, but I have not played it myself. Um, then what are we doing? We've got we got Dream Drop Distance. I think is directly after that. Uh, we've got Union Cross and Back Cover. We've got a Fragmentary Passage proper, and then we got Kingdom Hearts three. Wow, is Dream Drop Distance a three DS game? Because there's three Ds in that title. That is exactly what it is. Okay. Kingdom Hearts three D Dream Drop Distance. Yeah. It took me way too long to realize that. <laughs> I realize that because I I think I'm mostly keyed into that because of the Castlevania game naming conventions always, uh, always leaning in, into that as well. Um, what's what do they do? I've never actually played a Castlevania game. Well, they did stuff like Castlevania, like Harmony of Dissonance, you know. I think which is H-O-D. like which is like D H D. I think, and then I think oh. it was like I I, I, don't, I don't remember all of them, but like. Symphony uh, of the Night isn't because it's on a Sony console, is it? No, I think it's mostly just during their time on handhelds, when oh, okay. they do, on Nintendo handhelds, where they do this. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, not for all. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think that's probably probably enough before it's uh, Wish Us Duck. Yeah, it's Wish Us Duck. It is Wish Us Duck. The segment where we try to sound like Donald Duck. Correct. Well, I'm looking at these Xehanort lines I have, and they're too long. (laughs) Um, What did he say about property dispute? Okay, we're going to say we can take as long as we need to settle this little property dispute. There's only a couple ends in there, so it shouldn't be too hard. (laughs) Writing that down. Okay. We can take as long as we need to settle this dispute. Oh, no. Donald, Donald's your terrible landlord. He's... <laughs> I was going to say, he's, he sounds like a mafioso. Oh, that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> My throat is eating itself. <laughs> <laughs> that was the longest I've tried to do that. That was rough. That was, that was a long one. It, it very... didn't look as long on my screen <laughs> as it felt in my mouth. Yeah, it was rough. 
that happens to me too if i'm doing um if i do like a kermit the frog voice for too long my throat just starts <laughs> to like tighten and close up i don't know if that's happened to you but anyway yeah i saw this post i saw a post that was like all men have a Kermit the Frog voice that they're so proud of and they can't wait to do it. And I saw that and I was like, that's fair. However, what you're missing is that it's really fun to do a Kermit the Frog voice. That's right. Yeah. You ever think about that? Why don't you try it? Yeah. Why do you like it? Why aren't you doing it? Yeah. Come on. Why aren't you doing it? Come on, do the Kermit voice. Yeah, come on, join us. Do the Kermit voice. Maybe that's why, like, my terror voice kind of sounds like that. Your Kermit voice is way better than mine. Oh, thanks. Uh, it's also my Boots Rangier voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I can't. God, there's a there's a uh, Kermit the Frog slash Boots Rangier voice on the F plus ball busting episode that I will never be able to unhear. Yeah, that's quite the app. <laughs> my first time getting kicked. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that episode if you've got the stomach for it. Yeah. That's not one of the ones that I'm like, you absolutely shouldn't listen to. <laughs> no, uh, Lauren did tell me that for me, the latest episode about nut zapping is definitely one that I shouldn't listen to. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, a voltage. Too much for me, it sounds like. Yeah, maybe. And I use that word knowingly. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Anyway... Did I have anything else I wanted to say? Let's see. No, not really. Just just that we'll be back next time to talk about Coded. Maybe one episode of Coded. <laughs> that works for me. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll look through it and see. Legitimately, when I watched it, because this is another one where in the collection, it's just like a, a cutscene movie like Days was. I was so checked out for the first, like, 90 minutes. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so maybe maybe this time I'll actually look at it and see if any of it is worth talking about before like the last half hour. Fair enough. That sounds good. All right. Well, you can find us on co-host at Sounds About Light. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. And you, you can listen to my other podcast, Doctor Huh, where next time we will be talking about, ooh, what is it? It's the Bells of St. John, the episode directly after one of our all-time least favorite episodes, The Snowmen. Hmm. Maybe we'll like it. Probably not. I don't see why we would. I mean, the previous episode doesn't always have a lot to do with the quality of the next episode on Doctor Who. That's uh, Hey, that's true. I mean, we had a great time watching, uh, oh, what was it? It was the, the episode The Impossible Planet, which was directly after one of our least favorite, The Idiot's Lantern. Right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it'll be good. I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> Me either. Um... You can find me on co-host at Achilles Healy's and pretty much nowhere else now. Um, and then you can also, yeah, listen to the F plus. I'm on the F plus sometimes. I've got a couple recordings waiting to come out at some point. And I guess you can listen to the most recent one, unless you're Sam. Um, <laughs> I can listen to it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not in that one, uh, but it's pretty good. Although it is a lot. <laughs> I mean, I will I will shout out one of my all-time favorite F-pluses, which you are on, oh. the Not Always Right episode, is an all-timer for me. Thank you. I That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and, and I do think about it constantly when I watch Doctor Who, that science fiction crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's not educational. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, and we're we're hosting on noise space noise space dot x y z. Also, there's a new fear baiting about uh, the 1922 Nosferatu. Oh, turns out movies can be old. Yeah. Uh, you can also check out Camarocho Radio and Forward Forward ReZero. ReZero Season 3, someday. Never watched ReZero. Should I watch ReZero? I love it. Okay. I, I, I know a lot of people uh, have a hard time getting into it because they hate the protagonist. That's tough. I'm I'm one of the people who likes the protagonist from the beginning. Not because he doesn't suck, but because there's there's goodness in him... Even from the start when he's the shittiest guy. <laughs> well, hey, I've been watching Lost again with because my fiance never saw it, and that mm. pr- th- those protagonists pretty much all suck. So uh, I bet I could get through ReZero. I I can't remember why I was looking. Oh, it was I was talking to Lauren about Kyle XY and the mm-hmm. awful love triangle of it, and I was asking the question of Has there ever been a good love triangle on TV? And I was searching for articles about all time best love triangles, and. I saw so many people say that Jack Sawyer Kate is a great love triangle. Yeah, I mean, this, no. This is my fiance's first time through it, and she agrees it's, like, constantly dragging the show down. It's, like, one of the worst things about the show from the beginning. Yeah, right, because it, it, like, it gets in the way of Kate being a real character. It's just, like, yeah, it's so bad. And you can check out the Island Shuffle if you want to hear about that show in random order. Yeah. I think that's it. Okay. Hey, look at us. We managed to talk about this, like half hour of cutscenes for quite a while <laughs> i i knew we could do it <laughs> i wasn't confident but i should have been i can close the fandom the fan and wiki uh, for another time possibly the but next I episode <laughs> is there coded no. stuff on the fan and wiki i i don't know i can't imagine that any fan of kingdom hearts has ever played it <laughs> who has then nobody oh sad my friend croy ah uh. Well, uh, uh, let's see. I found... No, you're wrong. I'm definitely finding stuff uncoded on here. Oh, no. Spoilers. Now you're going to know what Aiden was up to during Kingdom Hearts Coded. <laughs> well, this is this is a heartbreaking episode ending because we are saying goodbye to old man Xehanort for, for a while. Oh, bye old man Xehanort. But someday, once again, we will get to hear him say... Keyblade! Keyblade. And we will maybe eventually hear Donald say, but probably not. God, it's gotten worse. Gotta practice. Bye. Bye. Darkness rules your heart. It gives me control. Muscle and sinew that once obeyed you now rebels against you. How you can remain here at all confounds the mind. It's still my heart. You think you can just come in and take over? I'm not going to sit by and let that happen. Don't even entertain any notions of escaping me, boy. In the end, your heart will be engulfed by mine forever. Wrong. You're going to get shown the door, old man. <laughs>